Father, you are sovereign. So be sovereign now in our lives. In every situation, Lord God. Oh God, in every circumstances. God, your dominion is here. Your dominion, it is your dominion. It belongs all to you, God. For only you are worthy. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Can you stand with me for the, for the reading of the word of the living God? And the word says, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Paul writes as he was writing to the Romans. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. It must be holy. He says it must be acceptable to God. And it says, which is your reasonable service. It must be holy. It must be acceptable to God. And it must be a reasonable service. Today I want to talk to you on the term or the phrase or whatever you want to call it. Our bodies living sacrifice. Our body living sacrifice. What does it mean that our body living sacrifice? Pastor Rachel quoted Leviticus earlier, chapter 5. But if you're looking from the first book of Leviticus to the fifth book of Leviticus, it covers all of the offerings that Israel had to do whenever they sinned, whatever they did against the word of God. And those offerings were regarded as sacrifices unto God. But a sacrifice is a gift, something given, an offering that symbolizes a communion or a covenant to the individual that that sacrifice is given to. With us, it is to God. Don't get me wrong, people offer sacrifices also for evil. But our sacrifice is sacrifices unto God. The purpose of the sacrifice is to establish a moral relationship between man as a person and God as the absolute being. That's the purpose of the sacrifice. What does that mean? It means to bring you back into right relationship with God. Before Christ came, the priest had to offer offerings and sacrifice every year, yearly, first for himself, then for the people. But when Christ came, Christ became our sacrifice. So now, Paul writing to the Romans, Paul say, brethren, I want you to do one thing for me, because you have been called by Jesus Christ, and you have said yes to him. Present your bodies living sacrifice. Let's look at the three things Paul says. The first thing Paul says, you must be, it must be holy. Your body must be holy. It must be holy. There is no if nor, nor maybe about it. What does, the, that, what does that mean? You must be holy. It means you must be set apart for God and God alone. Oftentimes we believe that when we are called to Christ, because we say yes to him, we can go about and do any other thing. No, that's not the case. 
when you get called and you say yes to Christ and you receive salvation, you must be betrothed to God as his bride. Think about it as married couples. You are betrothed to each other and nobody else. It's funny. A couple of weeks ago, I was watching, I was looking, and I saw this actor, one of my favorite actors. I can't remember his name. But he says he was called into a movie. And in the movie, they were kissing and sexing. And he tells the, 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 the producer, I cannot do that because I'm married. He says, this lips does no other lips. But my wife, if that is at home, it's the same thing with Christ. You must be holy. If you're going to sacrifice yourself to God, your body must be holy, saints of God. You must begin to live right. You must begin to make a choice. And that choice must only be for God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, but I'm going to go back from chapter 6. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, it talks about the promise that God made us a promise. But if you read verse 6 from about 17 downward, before you get to verse 7, it talks about what God said he was going to do. He says, I will live in them as a vessel. I will use them as a temple. I, the Lord. You see how much God thinks about you? Because he wants you to be holy unto him and him alone. He wants you to live right. And in living right, you must decide that your conduct, your conduct is to cleanse this flesh and this body, this spirit of the things that we used to do. You see, a sacrifice, when the priest go offer a sacrifice, there is a, a, a specific designator. What's the, what's the term I'm looking for? It must follow a specific order. That sacrifice it must not be older but than three years old it must be between one and three years old that sacrifice must not have been touched by anything because it's going to be sacrificed unto the living god you see what we don't understand about the god that we serve he is so holy that god can't even look at sin when God calls you and you say yes to him, you must say goodbye to sin. Sin must stop reigning your life. Sin must stop, have dominion over you. It must. You cannot sit on the fence and when it pleases you, you run to God. But then you want to go to the nightclub and you want to drink. You're defiling the temple of the living God. sins of God. We must live a life of integrity. We must live a life of integrity. What does this mean? We must live so righteous and reverent unto God that the things of the world don't draw us out there. For the only thing the things of the world is here to do is to convict you into darkness and death. The things of the world is not unto God. You know, it's not. It doesn't want to serve God. It wants its own thing. But you, as a living sacrifice, must present yourself. Your thought must change. Your mindset must change. The character of who you are must change. 
There's no if nor maybe. If you're going to serve God and your body is going to become that temple that he's going to inherit as a sacrifice, it must change sins. It's got to change sins of God. We've got to live a moral life. We must live a moral life. You see? Sister Daddy and Sister Carolyn, you guys went into do the Stephen's ministry, and you know all of these things that tells you about the Stephen's ministry. If you look up Stephen, Stephen was the one who was put forth in the church to address the widows who had no husbands. He was there to take care of it. But here's, a, here's, a, here's another flip side to Stephen. Stephen never just sat there. Stephen used his position to proclaim the word of the living God. He used his position to proclaim the things of Christ. As Stephen's ministry, listen, people going to say things about you, but are you willing to sacrifice your bodies for that? Are you willing to give yourself holy and acceptable only to God alone? It doesn't matter what Frank says. It doesn't matter what Pastor Rachel says. If it doesn't line up to what the word of God is telling you to do, then it does. It, does, it holds no water. It holds no water. At the end of the day, you can't tell Jesus that, you know what? Pastor Rachel didn't say this and that and that. He's not going to ask you about that. He's going to ask you, what did you do to the things that you have, you have put yourself into? You have dedicated yourself. You have decided that you want to do. What did you do with it when you receive it? What did you do with it? It's the same thing with our bodies. We receive Christ in our bodies. We must now start to live as we have been changed. We must begin to live because now we are a sacrifice. We have become a sacrifice to do the work of the ministry and the work of God. Yeah? If you want to find out more, in Genesis chapter seven, 17, one to, to, 1 to 2, God said something, I mean, astounding to Abraham. He says, walk before me and be blameless. Can you walk before God and be blameless? Can you sit before the Lord God of hosts and be blameless in all that you should do as a Stephen's ministry, as a child of God, as a deacon in the church and in the ministry, as a pastor, as a minister, as a prophet? Can you walk before God and be blameless? You see, when you walk before God and be blameless, there is a result in us. Nothing that the world do can ever touch you. There is blessings to be achieved by walking before God and be blameless. You know things that you're not supposed to know. You can stand before people and say things and they still can't touch you because you know what? It's not about them or who they are, but it's about the eternal God who you have betrothed yourself to. It doesn't matter. I'm learning, I'm learning so much that God doesn't want me because I want to be seen by people, but that I want to submit myself before him in humbleness and in righteousness unto him. That is a part of making me holy and making me a sacrifice on his behalf. See, our character and our mindset must change. 
our moral values and our life must change. I'm going to spit out a couple of words. Honorable, honesty, principled, virtuous. Can you say that you are honorable? Can you say that you are principled? Can you say that you are virtuous? Can you say that you are honest? Most of us don't like the word honest because we don't like tell the truth. We don't like tell the truth. Even as believers, we don't like tell the truth. Somebody asks you a question, you go around the merrily bush seven times before you answer. Answer! Tell the truth in love. Tell the truth in love, saints of God. And I'm talking to myself because I do it. I do it. Especially with my wife, I do it. I have to work up to tell her the truth because I know I don't want to bruise our, 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 our emotions. I don't want to bruise our character. I don't want to bruise our, 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 our confidence. But you know what? At the end of the day, she will realize, yes, somebody tells me the truth and they will love you for it even more. They will love you for it even more. So our moral life has to change. We must be honest. Galatians tell you about that. In Galatians 5, 16, it tells you that. He says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the loss of the flesh. The only way we're going to be honorable, honest, principled, and virtuous is if we live in the spirit. we got to live in the spirit. There is no other way about it. Here, Pastor Richard talking about the spirit this morning. It is the spirit that teaches all things. That's what the Bible says in Matthew. He will send us another, another comforter and he will guide us into all truth. It is the spirit. We've got to live in the spirit, saints of God. We can't live in the spirit five minutes and then the next, next five minutes we're living in the, in the world. No, that's not how it works. If we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. And it takes faith to believe in God. It takes faith to present your body as a living sacrifice. It takes faith to become a Stephen's ministry because you don't know what it's going to bring you. You don't know where God is going to send you. The other thing Paul says, it must be what? Acceptable. It must be acceptable unto God. What does that mean? It means it must be pleasing unto God. Who remember um, Jacob and Esau? Who remember them? Who remember Cain and Abel? Who remember? Oh my God. Cain bring his, 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 his offering. God rejected it. You know why? Because Cain gave God as the what left of what he had. God don't want our what left. God wants you. He wants all of you. Not only that he wants all of you. You must come to him wholly. In a, in a form that he can accept you. That you will become well-pleasing to God. We will become well-pleasing to him. That's, what, that's all God wants from us, you know. That we are well-pleasing to him. So that he can inhabit us. That's what the scripture says. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the living God? Holy, acceptable. Yes? It is. Your body is a temple. You want to know why your body is a temple? Because you were shaped in his, his form. You look like him according to his image. You have all the attributes of Jesus Christ present in you. So you must be well pleasing to him. To be acceptable, you must be received with pleasure. God wants to receive you with pleasure. 
But the only way that's going to happen is if you humble yourself before him. We got to humble ourselves. We don't want to humble ourselves anymore. Nobody wants to humble themselves anymore. Nobody wants to humble themselves anymore. Everybody wants to be seen. Nobody wants to be in the background. But I tell you this, in the background is where you see things that happen. In the background is where you see things that happen. You have a wider view, a wider periphery. Those up front don't see what is happening because they're in the heat of it. But in the background, you have time to assess the situation and know exactly where you're going and what you're going to do. See, a lot of us wants to be first and foremost. We don't want to be last. But I have news to you. The Bible says that the first shall be the last and the last shall be the first. Huh? We must be humble before God. That's what 1 Peter 5, 6 says. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and in due season he will exalt you. Not what you do. Not what man say about you. Not what the world see you look like. It says he will exalt you. Stephen's ministers, God will exalt you if you humble yourself before his mighty hand. Because he has a work for you to do. And the scripture says, he who seeks souls or saves souls or petition souls or things souls are wise. Yeah? So God's hand will exalt you. Paul said it must be a reasonable service. It must be your rational action. Your only rational action or act unto God for the individual. It must be. Anything outside of that has no value. It must be rational. You must not think twice as to whether you should do it as believers. You were bought with the price of blood, the blood of Jesus Christ. You were bought through his death. You were set free. You were set at liberty in his death. In his death. So therefore, it must be a service. What is your service? You must worship God. Not with the things you do, but from your heart. Your worship must begin and ends in your heart where God is concerned. There's nothing else that is more pleasing to God. Read John 4. The woman of Samaria, read it. The scripture keep coming up for the last month. God is trying to tell us something. That our worship is not according to what he is looking for. Because he's looking for true worship. And true worshipers start with worship God in their heart. They don't need anybody to see what they're doing or hear what they're saying. It's a worship unto God and God alone. Because God is worthy of it. And nothing less. Nothing less saints of God. You must be continue to be a minister. Eh? You must continue to minister to God. You can't take care of the congregation unless you start ministering to God first. Pastor Richard spoke about it. The priest had to minister to God to know the things of what the congregation need, of what Israel needed. Read it in Leviticus. The priesthood is a powerful ministry. Do you know that God gave pastors and ministers that ability to put a, a, a brush stroke, a brush stroke on his masterpiece. 
You guys are masterpiece. Did you know that? Do you know that when you come to Christ, Christ has created you from the beginning and he had created a masterpiece and God had given pastors and ministers, all of those who are integrally involved in your growth and your development, this ability to put a brush stroke on a master creation. Pastor Rachel, don't belittle what you do. Therefore, you think that you cannot do what God has tell you to do. You are always, always, always God assistant with one brushstroke on his masterpiece. It's more important than any other job you're ever doing in your life. Because you influence what God creates you. And what God creates is a masterpiece. Like the scripture says, fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh my God. Saints of God, you, you wouldn't understand. You don't understand what this body is as it relates to God. We don't understand and we treat our body any fashion. We treat it the way we eat, the way we sleep, the way we, 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 we run it down. Trying to go after the things of the world. When God has already given you all those things. He has. Just present yourself a living sacrifice. Just present yourself a living sacrifice. You see, we must be submitted to God. Always, at all times. We must believe to submit it to God. What is this? We must always endeavor to be in his will. Remember Job? Job chapter 1 verse 8. God boasted about Job to St. John. All he says. He says, have you, have, you, have you considered my servant, Job, that there is none like him in the world? One that is what? Honorable. One who fears God. One who departs from evil and seeks good. Have you considered him? Oh, my God. I would love to hear God say that about me. I would love to hear, say, can you, have you considered my servant, Frank, that there is none like him? He puts himself before me day and night. You see, Job, early in the morning when everybody else is sleeping, Job is before God. And he's petitioning God on everybody in his family's behalf. He's petitioning God on everybody in his family. He says, free adventure. They might sin against your Lord. Have mercy upon them. Free adventure. They have broken your commandment. Oh, God, be forgiven towards them. See, that's why the, the, the Satan could have tempted Job, and Job never moved. He says, yes, naked I came into this earth, naked I shall leave. He says, yes, I prayed to God, and I've known him, but now I have seen, now I have seen him at work. Living sacrifice. Living sacrifice. Are you willing to put yourself on the altar and die for the word of the living God? Are you willing to stand up for the justice that Christ speaks about? Are you willing to speak to somebody about God? Let him them know that there's a greater and a higher power that leads, that is sovereign, that holds all the keys. All the keys, not some, all the keys. Missions of God. To be a living sacrifice, it's not easy. It takes time. 
God is requiring of you your time. It takes effort. It takes your strength and your energy. Go back in Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy, I think chapter 6, it says you must love the Lord with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. To be in a living sacrifice, it takes time, it takes strength, and it takes obedience to the word of the living God. It takes obedience. So I ask you, Christ became a sacrifice for you. Christ became a sacrifice for you. What about you? What about us? Are we ready to become a sacrifice for him? Are we ready to present ourselves a living sacrifice for God? You're alive right now. Like the scripture says, there's no repentance from the grave. There is no praise from the grave. So are you willing to praise God now with everything that is within you? I'm going to put this out there. If you're here today and you don't know God as Lord and Savior, and you want to partake of this living sacrifice, God is willing and able and is ready and is right here to meet you where you are. Come to the altar. The altar is open and we will pray for you. We will direct you in how to receive or to be a part of this priesthood where you present your body, a living sacrifice. You see, we use our bodies for everything else but a living sacrifice for God.